This is the Lingaholics Podcast with Cody, Marcus, and Ian, where we dive deep into conversations about the experiences and endeavors of the language learning life. On this pod, we feature a wide variety of guests and topics with nonstop passion and nonstop fun. There's no last call for Lingahol, so come on in and join the show. The counter is on and the countdown has been happening, folks, since the reconvening, the reunion. Not like we broke up. Art's not even a hiatus, really. It's just been a minute, folks. Welcome to episode 51 of the Lingaholics podcast. Coming back after a little, a little summer sojourn, a little pause, un, a little break been fun it's been good and this is ian here senor on el microfono and boy oh boy uh lots has been happening in the world um we've been having some adventures our boy marcus just got back from sweden Sweklandia. we're gonna hear all about that our boy cody he's been teaching intensively in korea i senor my countdown is on i think i'm like 10 days away from being back in the classroom with actual students uh spanish and french so uh boy oh boy um this episode we were supposed to have lined up um our guest dave morrow who's a former uh a veteran of the canadian army here along with his friend who's a pashto speaker and a afghan interpreter that is still coming up it's just been put on hold there's been a lot of momentous uh events news out of afghanistan um as i'm sure everyone's aware of so we are keeping abreast of the situation with that and we are going to have that episode with dave with because lots and lots of news about the afghan interpreters and we really want to explore that from a language level so that said uh this is senor this is episode 51 let's get a crack in let's go out to Ontario, where Senor Sueco is back from Suecolandia, visitando la mamá y el papá, Sueco. Well, you know, I did see my parents, but I oh, only did? saw them for like a brief minute because, you know, I'm oh. going to see them anyway very soon. They're oh, uh, inbound okay. to Canada. Gotcha. Okay. Right. But but otherwise, the main, the main purpose of the trip was to go back and see the people that I haven't seen in a while since yeah. the start of the pandemic. Um, right. certain fam- family members so that was really nice um there were a lot of nice things with my trip first of all it's always nice to take a vacation i think it's very important to take a vacation like i'm a big believer in working hard during mm-hmm. uh the semester or during the year at and at work or in your studies but then i'm also a big believer in in resting mm-hmm. and recuperating both mentally and physically little recharge a little recharge a little reset that's what it feels like and that's what it is great reset. reset 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Marcus, that's one of the first things that me and you ever talked about. Like the, I think like the second or third time we met each other, we talked about that. We did? Yeah. Okay, but I'm I'm a big believer in this, right? Because I've done this in multiple multiple times in my my life. After my undergraduate degree, I took a couple months and I went down to to South America and I did something completely different than engineering and science for a few months, which was really nice because I was able to um re- regenerate my motivation for for working within this field, right? I think that's very important to do. You can't do the same thing over and over and over again. You will lose motivation eventually. The same thing goes for language learning. So during my time in Sweden, I didn't really do any language learning at all. But it's fun. It is funny though, because my ha, huh, my cousins they have a new chef from uh, Peru. Mm. So I, when I was over at their house, we were shooting the shit a little bit. And he's been in Sweden now for a couple of years, I think. He his Swedish was a little sketchy, but so we were talking in Spanish, obviously, which was really nice. So I got some Spanish. There's always there's always a Spanish speaking person wherever you go in the world. That's what I feel like. So yeah, man, that was really so. I got some practice, but otherwise I didn't do any languages at all during my trip, which was nice because you know I was focusing on other things. But then at some point. At the end of my stay, I had this realization, uh, this intuition that I wanted to start Italian. I wanted to get serious about Italian because I've dabbled a little bit in, in Italian before. But I was at the dinner table and I was talking. I was talking to my grandma's boyfriend in German and Spanish because he, he he lived in Germany before and he lived in Spain as well so he has he's able to speak a little bit but we were communicating in these languages and I was like you know what and I, I realized how much I love speaking languages and how fun it is to even if you're not that good like we said before like B1's fun right mm-hmm. intermediate is fun B1 B2 is really fun yeah intermediate is really fun and you can attain that level in a relative a relatively short period of time so i was like you know i'm gonna do this in italian now i'm gonna get serious about italian take a couple months do the pimster program take some italki classes watch some videos on youtube maybe you know do my stuff right do some duolingo we'll see where i we'll see we'll see where that takes me but you know have fun with it and i i had that realization in sweden like that this was like my second to last day and now i'm back today the first couple of days i was jet lagged i was a little i was a little worn from my travels uh back you know i had a i had a, a pretty rough or not a rough night but i had a um a, a, a pretty fun last night in sweden before i came so you know i was a little <laughs> if you know what i mean <laughs> yeah. i was a little worn when i my first couple of days <laughs> back here in canada so i had to just like calm down and try to um Settling. try to function because i still had to go to work but now you know i had a nice rest today i was just chilling because it's saturday here it's the weekend and i felt you know now it's time to start now it's time to start with this next language journey of mine so you know i i got the pimsler i have the pimsler course since since a long time ago so i started it i downloaded it onto my iphone and i went for a long walk and i plowed through like 
five or six <laughs> Pimsleur episodes. You got you got the app or just the course? I have the course. Dude, can I give a little shout out to Pimsleur? Okay, let's talk about Pimsleur. I got a like. Did. I got a, I got a like from the official Pimsleur page on Twitter yeah. today. By the way, nice. Yeah, and I like you too, Pimsleur, because uh, previously, for every individual language on Pimsleur, it was like a twenty dollars subscription per month. Like that's what I've been rocking on Korean for the last like two or three months. But then our boy Seabolt had a tweet about uh, like something is like. Pimsleur just let out this cool new deal about getting all of their languages, like their entire library, for the price of one uh, subscription. I was like, really? Anyways, I kind of forgot about it. I was at work the next day. I've been like uh, really deep into Afghanistan and stuff. I'm like, I want to like just check out the Pashto course. It's true. You go on the app now. It's like you now have access to all of their courses for 20 bucks a month. Really? All the official Pimsleur apps, every single Pimsleur language. Wait, are you serious? Twenty bucks a month. Yeah. Are you serious? On the official app. So for the Pimsleur fans, you can get access to all Pimsleur now for twenty bucks. Cool. That, they're not a sponsor. I'm just telling everybody it's a cool deal. For the that's pretty sweet. So with the Pimsleur course, so the course that I have is from like it's the old Italian course. Do they update their courses? No, no. Or is it always it's the still the same old? Because I think they like they're confident in what they made all those years ago, right? Um, so they don't really update it. But regardless, for in terms of a beginner course, it's there. It's uh, so you, it's a pretty solid deal. Do you have the list of all the languages that Pimsleur has? Yeah, on my phone. It's long. If anyone is it really? <laughs> yeah, man. There's like 50 languages, dude. Wow. Yeah. What are some of like the more obscure the ones? Big ones. Pashto, Dari. They have both. Got both. I don't like. They got two levels of Pashto. I'm not sure how many levels of Dari. Um, Persian Dari. Pashto, laws, Pashto, and Dari. Are they both Arabic script? I believe so. But Dari is uh, related to Persian. Pashto, I don't know exactly which. Is Pashto more like is. Urdu, like Hindi Urdu? I don't know. I don't want to speak on. It's like well, the Pashtuns, like the biggest majority in Afghanistan, speak Pashto, which our upcoming guest he learned it before shipping out. So I'm curious how he did that. So that's gonna be part of our interview. But mm. cool promo for Pimsleur, for sure. Yeah, Pimsleur is awesome. Yeah. So I believe. Cool man. Yeah. yeah so where was Sorry. I? Was it? Yeah, so Italian, I started some Italian Duolingo. today. And you know, it's a slow process. So I was just, you know, um, you know, I was just doing some simple dabbling um today. So some, yeah, I just did like the first couple of Pimsler episodes. Um, but it's something that, you know, in my I love I love listening to an episode driving to work, for example, during my commute. And uh and you know, there's a, it's a slow process. I'm not in a rush about this. I'm I'm basically gonna mimic what I did with Portuguese. That's the idea. Yeah, nice bite size throughout the day. Yeah, there you go. So there we go. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm re-energized. I'm back. I'm re-energized, and I'm ready yeah, to go. Man. No man, breaks are very important. Yes, and I had a, a Spanish class today on Italki. 
never going to give that up. I'm going to book a couple French classes probably. Uh, yeah, and that'll be it. Yeah, man. I'm doing a trip to Quebec soon, so we'll we'll get some immersion. Not oh, immersion, yeah, but practice, French practice. Mm. There we go. Yeah, that's awesome. Oh, yeah. All right. Pinch. Yeah, that's me, bud. Let's hear from the pinch. Snip yeah, so um, I wouldn't say that I'm re- re-energized because I didn't get to take a break. <laughs> don't I stop, got folks. You don't opposite, stop. Actually, I got loaded with a bunch of work. Um, and it's, I mean, it's a new job, so it was a uh, pretty overwhelming past few weeks. And um, I mean, uh, this week I've got to do training again for some reason, so. It's going to be a semi-break, but it's still not really going to feel like a break. It's kind of weird. And then after that, I'm going to be starting my regular uh, classes. So, and I don't know, man, like I I need a vacation. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I need to just have at least a week or so to just reset. When does the school year start in Korea? September? Same time time as Canada. Okay. End of August, beginning of September. Right. Now, is your school, it falls along with that schedule? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I uh, I could definitely use a break. Not only from... Because um, when I first came to Seoul, I wasn't working, but it didn't feel like a break because... I still yeah, had to yeah. make money on the side and yeah. I had to look for a new job and like worry about staying here. So didn't really feel like a vacation. And yeah. Um, but Cody, that's nice that they're training you. So this seems to be more organized than the yes. last gig. Yeah. Yeah. So this school is definitely a better setup, which is nice. And um, yeah. So, I mean, things are progressing quite nicely i guess other than the fact that i don't want to know when my next vacation is gonna be <laughs> but in terms of like my regular routine life um things are starting to slowly come together i'm gonna start looking for a gym to go to and also a taekwondo a dojang next week because i'm gonna start getting into that okay. yeah so um yeah that's that's what's going on with me you know guys yeah. i'm thinking about getting into the iron man's oh yeah (laughs) yeah because so i went to see my cousin my cousin's crazy he's absolutely crazy so right now he's doing a thing but he's not doing it but he's his trainer is doing a thing where he's running 20 21 ironmans in 21 days or he's doing 21 ironmans in 21 days and my cousin is his like personal uh not trainer but personal like assistant so he's driving him around in sweden they're doing it in like every um province of sweden like the 21 provinces of sweden essentially in 21 days it's like to raise awareness for something you know what i mean 21 charity. Dude. Dude. Yeah, Dude. man you guys gotta check oh out my god you guys gotta <laughs> check out a documentary on netflix called iron cowboy where a dude completes a 50 50 50 50 iron mans 50 states yeah yeah he was talking days. about him so this 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 is the, no but this is the swedish version of that <laughs> but anyway my 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 cousin is like his personal assistant so yeah, he yeah. like he runs some of the marathons with him for example he ran 
four marathons in five days, stuff like that. So he's go he's crazy for this stuff. And, he, you know, it's like he can't skip a single day without doing something. So he went to pick me up from from Stockholm. And he was like, so what do you want to do? You want to go swim? I was like, I don't really know how to swim, but let's go. Like, so we went let's to the freaking, we went to the pool, the swimming pool. And, you know, swimming is really, really hard if you know, if you to don't start, know how to do it. To start. To start. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm you know, I've Endurance done, wise. I'm, I've done like, I've done a bit, you know, of competitive, or not competitive swimming, but like serious swimming in the, in the past. So I kind of had the technique down and everything, but you get tired. Yeah. You get so tired. Swimming, swimming, uh, when I did my first Ironman 2018, because I started training the summer prior and, uh, like one time across the pool, that's a length, a lap is there and back. Yeah. And I remember like when I first did swimming, like, cause I did, I, kinda, I did two I laps. My, I did two okay, laps. So four that lengths. Was, yeah, yeah. Four lengths without I remember stopping. Doing without like stopping. three lengths. Yeah. The very first time. And my heart was like, it, like three oh lengths. God, three lengths Initially. is really good. That's really good. Like it's so know, hard. Like, it's so hard to get like the breathing right. Yeah, all I'm saying is that's how it started. And you just go back. It's kind of like language learning. Lots of parallels. You go back. Like next time you did like five lengths, six lengths with these breaks. And then I swear, man, I swear with swimming, it had this like. Like this trajectory, like no other. Once you were like, all of a sudden you're going from like 20 lengths to like 80 lengths. It was the That's weirdest, what everyone says. coolest thing. Because it's like you made this breakthrough. And uh, it was really cool with swimming. But so. I feel like, I mean, like obviously it's not, you know, two laps. What is that? 100 meters? I think yeah. it's 100 meters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not very far. No, so obviously no, no. like obviously it's not like the limiting factor in the beginning is not your body and your muscles it's just the breathing because you're not used to the breathing it's, yeah it's mm. adaptation it's adaptation so like when you're doing what's it like it's crawl swim right front crawl front crawl yeah front crawl so yeah. it's just like figuring out because in the beginning like my the first time i jumped in i could only i could barely do one length yeah no because no. I, I didn't think i couldn't i didn't have the rhythm like you need the rhythm you need to like mm -hmm. you need yeah. to be perfectly straight and level in the water and like have your head obviously looking down into the like towards the bottom of the pool mm -hmm. and then like every once in a while you have to go up and and breathe like exhale yeah. Inhale. Yeah, it's... that's definitely the hardest part about swimming that i think yeah. no it's really hard if you're doing it seriously mm -hmm. right like front crawl and yeah. so the first time i could not even do 25 meters which is one length and then the second time when I kind of figured out that I was supposed to exhale while still being like having my head in the water, mm -hmm. I was able to do two lengths. Um, and then I kind of figured out like the, like the rhythm on like every third stroke to go up and, and exhale, inhale or inhale. Mm -hmm. Then I was able to do four strokes, but I couldn't I, exactly. I would not I could not go over four strokes or not four stroke lengths. I could yeah. not go over four lengths. Mm -hmm. So that was really hard. So we did that. And then afterwards, you know, I was completely exhausted. He was like, all right, let's go bike. <laughs> That's how it is, dude. Oh, Transition, T1. Let's go bike. So we went home to his, like, he has, like, a basement. It's, I swear to God, it's just, like, your basement. Like, and he has this, like, tiny little room with, like, his trainer and his bikes and everything. Nice. Good TV. 
and a TV, obviously, and a big well, fan too. Went in there and did an hour of biking. Nice. It's not Ian's basement anymore, though. As his previous basement. Previous. But I bet you he's gonna but, have a trainer in his new basement too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, I used before the COVID, I used to have a group in my classroom. Um, you need open space. Uh, I watched. Uh, I almost finished all of uh, Crash Landing on You this past oh this yeah past winter while training it's slightly monotonous some guys i don't does your cousin watch anything like some people use like zwift or like they'll do like the virtual training um well yeah i don't know like, what it's i just need something to like had, occupy my mind like well, he had like great the, for that he had the tv on and then he had some app where he's like competing against others probably Zwift. like he's or, actually biking like yeah. on the app he has like a little cyclist that goes around like on a track yeah it's i'm willing to bet it's zwift which is yeah that's what all the yeah all the try guys are in too yeah so. but i mean like so so i don't know what i can do i think it would be sick if i can find a pool and get into swimming because i thought i was very impressed yeah. by that um form of exercise mm, yeah so to speak but and, and you know running is obviously easy i can go out and run as much as i want like i ran today um, yeah. But biking, I don't really have the financial means at this point to buy like a nice tri bike and a trainer and everything. Yeah. So okay, I'm gonna hold off on that. There's, yeah, financials aside, the startup costs of triathlon are a pain in the They're ass, pretty high. For sure. But I, I feel like if I spread it out over like a couple years, yeah, I can yeah, do yeah. it. And yeah, you know, I'm not trying to run to do a uh, an Ironman within the next two years. But it's probably gonna be 2023. Beautiful like, time frame, dude. Beautiful yeah. time frame. I wish right. I would so give my. I have two, two years, years now to start like prepping, and I'm yeah. I'm already in in pretty good shape running wise. I just need to learn how to swim, and biking's biking, right? You just need to be like really strong. Basically, all it is. Good legs. Yeah, you're taking those three things. You're just doing them one after the other. So, right. Uh, but I've also realized that people that do Ironmans, they get they go crazy. Like every single to. one of them, you, you have, have to go to. crazy, right? Like they take <laughs> it really you'll, seriously. You'll the people fail. that do Ironmans you know. take it very seriously. You'll get a DNF if you don't. So, uh, yeah. So, my question now is: can, Is there any way I can combine like Ironman training for language learning? Yes. With language learning. Yes. How? Not swimming. No. Swimming, you kind of need to have your thoughts and just that's when you do your meditation while you're swimming while you're biking though and this is the beautiful thing it's kind of like combined with the summer job that i've been working like some days i get to cut fairways for six hours straight and just listen and listen and listen and that's the same thing when you're biking because i mean like come on it's it's road riding especially out here in the prairies that those sites get old quick you can have easily have an air airpod in listening 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 um look man that's a ironman's or a that's an endurance sport takes a lot of hours of training so i mean there's already so many studies combined with like after you've done exercise or even while you're doing exercise how you're activating your brain endorphins that you can be soaking up knowledge content material as you're doing some of these physical activities so i mean for me biking I'm definitely more of like a, a podcast guy. Running, I do need music. I can't run and listen to 
conversations like there's got to be a, a beat but if you just think about how many hours that you're doing putting into like a triathlon ironman distance the longest there is or i guess there's like ultra marathons and stuff super crazy but basically i'm just saying you just like look at all those hours you got to train especially on the bike and running and be like how can i combine language learning with this two birds one stone because the thing is that i realized when i do like low pace running like not fast running yeah i'm in a pretty good mood to um consume language material Uh, okay you know what i mean so i usually i it's i regularly go on long runs and listen to pod like language podcasts yeah Yeah, i do that a lot well that's good like if you can just find your pace and that you're like i think it's good because languages i don't know if we talked about how like like it's good with languages to not get distracted any intensive thing you're being serious about when you're running and I mean, you got to focus on where you're running, what you're doing, but I think it really focuses the brain when you're when you're doing that. And I, th- I think you're, it's laying like a very nice mental landscape for language learning while exercising. Like I, I, I really so believe too. that. I think you so can't too. you can't get like, oh, I got a Twitter notification. Oh, so and so texted me. Oh, like I gotta like, I can like look at the sports score. Like can't happen. You're running. You're physically mm-hmm. occupied. Your brain is, you know, I mean, your body's love, occupied, your brain, not necessarily. So that's why, why not do language learning? I love the concept of multitasking too, like killing two birds oh, with one stone. Yeah. Like we say multi, I think it's like dual in this case. Yeah. It's yeah, dual. dual. On the, on the flip side of this though, there's a certain, there's a certain beauty in just concentrating on one thing. Cause that's Agreed. the way that I prefer to study. Like, um, uh that's that's just how i learn the best is like when i sit down with something and i just purely focus on that like i don't look at my phone at all the only thing i use my phone for is if i need to translate something and i ignore everything else and i'm just doing that one task and i find you can really tap into the flow state when you're doing that and it feels wonderful yeah but what if you could do that like what if you can get tap into the flow state doing two different things at the same time you it's different though because the fact that your brain is occupied with two different things it takes away from it but running is not occupying your brain like cutting fairways or running like i don't need to be super mentally attentive i mean yeah like you need to be super attentive to it but it's still there no but the thing cody is that there's a difference here there's a difference between doing like no but like you can do like um, high intensity training, which requires a lot of mental attentiveness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you will, but then again, you can do like long distance right. endurance training, which is where which the is triathlon... sort of like meditation. You're not really doing anything yeah. in your brain. Yeah, like the that's where like triathlon comes in. Like your pulse I wouldn't recommend isn't even that for high. Wrestling. Like Cody, when I go on runs, like my pulse doesn't really go up that much you know like i'm it's like low pulse training it's like mm-hmm. low intensity yeah, training yeah, like, so like it's kind of like walking it's kind of like walking yeah, it's just yeah. a little bit more strength paces up paces up paces up a little bit but i don't run fast i really don't cool. run fast i try to go up for an hour but i do it at a low pace and i do it every yeah. day so i do it often 
and it's not it's it's mm. not like the high intensity it's not very hard what i do it's just low intensity it's like going for a walk but a little faster it's a jog mm. yeah no and I, okay. I think they're both valid like like cody's working at his desk which i do a ton of like not like it's just another modal of doing it you just have like this this focus like i feel like your body is like just helping the mind with movement and then i honestly feel like like okay cody i'll ask you prior to a language learning session like do you ever use exercise to like make that focus happen because i love going for a run and then coming back and like hitting the language learning like i feel like i've let out those endorphins and now the mind can like come on in to focus well it depends on like the way i have my routine but usually yeah, yeah. usually after i exercise i take a shower and then i meditate and then usually i cook a meal or i go out and eat something and then i would study after that i don't yeah, exercise yeah, yeah. and then immediately just study okay yeah and yeah. also another thing that i want to bring up is like when you're walking around or um like going for a run outside is that uh i get distracted by sights when i'm outside really i i yeah i'm a very observant person i notice everything that's happening to me so um especially when i'm living in a place like seoul when there's so much <laughs> going say, man, on, there's so some boring people. town saskatchewan to cure yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but I so I get especially if I'm in a very stimulating place, like I, I um I I get distracted easily and I just yeah. I notice things and I look at things, I, I see people and I like so I don't really get that whole in the zone kind of focus when I'm outside. I only can really control it the best when I'm in my own home. I'm in my environment, I know nothing's gonna distract me. Yeah, but that's because you're like in downtown Seoul. That's different. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but, no, but even setting even my if, player role here. Even if I'm not in Seoul, like let's say I'm back home in Cochrane like River Valley. Example, I'm just walking down the River Valley. I I would still really? notice things. Oh man. Yeah. Okay, yeah. maybe it's not your thing. Yeah. I'm just saying. I'm very, like, attra I'm very attracted to the dual language learning slash exercising like okay. especially I'm... with triathlon it's so lengthy mm -hmm. this isn't like wrestling or like climbing even it's like it's a long endurance you like... have to do these long sessions mm -hmm. which is what right. language a... learning requires too there's a reason why everyone has a tv in front of their trainer right <laughs> yeah. yeah you go crazy you go crazy if you got nothing occupying your mind with yeah. certain Yeah, that that's fair. That's fair. I guess I'm, I'm just I'm talking about this. Yeah, I'm not really used to that type of exercise, so Right, right, right. Yeah. Right. I can that's... definitely see where you guys are coming from. It makes sense. That's why I think it goes hand in hand nicely. So I go to go back to your like you honestly feel like you can get like two things done. Like very beneficial things. Language learning and exercise. Mm -hmm. right so, but i don't feel like you're sacrificing like the quality of either of the two activities when you're doing them no they go very well hand in hand it's like, like kind of like doing chores it's like cleaning and listening to a podcast at the same time yeah yeah yeah, yeah it's yeah. kind of like that so no I, i'm fascinated because i think because if you just especially with like something like an iron man which is it's so long distance and they're just 
languages are long distances like languages are marathons mm-hmm. even esperanto is a marathon i bet you too. there's yeah. a correlation between people that like doing iron man's and people that like languages <laughs> there's actually a talk from the very first ever uh polyglot gathering that happened in budapest i found this video like years later a dude gives a uh he gives a presentation about iron man and languages it's right. fascinating i'll uh uh people just search those two it's from the original polyglot uh gathering so. yes because certain minds are attracted to endurance like my mind is tra- mm-hmm. I, I was never a high intensity sprinting guy right like yeah, i was never yeah. a guy who did something only for like a short period of time and that was it right high intensity i was a guy like you know i slow it down a little bit and i do it for a long period of time like i yes. love the endurance like being able to endure i'm very process. attracted to that and process i mean things, right? yeah languages are like look man like you have some good days running and all of a sudden it's like man like i'm sore today like i only made it like half as far like i got these things which i find yeah. exactly analogous with language learning mm-hmm. where right. you like the intermediate plateau or like, or like willpower like, and endurance yeah yeah like languages too like, i feel like it's mindset too i feel like that's why you don't need like the most awesomest method with language learning just keep that mindset that you're gonna keep going even slowing down even not doing for something for a while just have in the back of your head that you're not done mm-hmm. you're gonna mm-hmm. keep going bad like we talked about bad hair language days with ace those happen just don't want to beat it up that's the same thing with like triathlon you got a training schedule. All of a sudden, your training schedule, you don't meet a goal. Oh, snap. Is my entire training schedule in jeopardy now? No. You got to go back to the drawing board. You got to reassess, yeah. recalculate. I think that's what language is too, man. Like, I could be like, so I could be at this level by this point. But then like, oh, you start messing up. Okay. Well, now you got to like re reorient your plan. But look at like your past successes as building blocks that Mm -hmm. and i swear that's mindset man mindset there's something very satisfying with enduring hardship yeah languages and endurance athletics or endurance sports that's enduring that the in order to be successful you need to endure hardship yeah yeah because life is hard man Yes, languages are hard. <laughs> yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So I, you know what I think? Like on a fundamental, like psychological level, like doing these type of activities, it's kind of like simulating. Um, yeah. it's kind of like simulating hardship in life, you know. Mm-hmm. And like if you're able to simulate it, and and and, uh, if you're able to, if you're able to to to, to I guess endure by means of willpower in the simulation, which is a lang- you know, studying languages or doing Ironmans or endurance, endurance athletics, you'll be better prepared to handle high stress events in life or hardships in life. Absolutely. I think I that, that's my hypothesis. Agree. I think so. Yes. Because you know that feeling, Ian, like after you complete an Ironman, like you feel like there's nothing in the world that can bring you down. Right. Uh, look, that's kind of what like, it feels like. 
it's very satisfying mostly at least in my two experiences the pain can end your body these like for me your running experience you just feel more pain as the kilometers pile up especially on the run it's more impact so i don't know if that like that end goal with the language because i don't know if we ever meet like exact end points i don't know if we like have finish lines in languages per se yes but you have moments you have, you moments, have moments like click you moments post, you, you have, have multiple click moments when you yes. realize that you're actually getting better correct and those are like small little finish lines yeah yeah so and i'd they say like they languages they happen, are even like the longest race right and they yeah. happen more sporadically but they exist they exist and and those You'll those moments it. give you like the greatest sense of of gratification so was, yes I, yeah man trust me because like your mindset up until that finish line is like i just gotta keep going like when i first jumped into the water today like there's nothing you haven't done anything yet like like at least with the race you're not going to be happy if you don't finish it all so i mean like like languages look look it's been my defense of the dabble if you only get a little bit done you can still like engage with just even cultural insights and stuff but like yeah there, there is this mentality until you hit the finish line that you're, you're not done like you you got to find a way right. like fuck, like get a get a power bar in you get some water get some hydration right. get some salt mm -hmm. so i mean it's like with, with languages i don't know if you, you you set your own schedule more with languages maybe like yes and no you can plan stuff out with languages i don't know like like circumstances right you go on vacation and you're not doing something so like with languages it depends how like much pressure like after this next coming year like i'm putting a ton of german pressure on myself that's going to be a whole year before i go so that's when i'm going to feel like the pressure the heat the temperature really build up so i mean i think it's good i think that's why it is good to have deadlines or have like specific dates because if you just have some like um really abstract date in the future i don't think you're gonna feel that pressure to keep going keep pushing mm -hmm. i and i think that's a mentality thing so i don't know what you guys yes think. but you have to endure though at the end of yeah, the day of course, if you want to learn course. you have to endure like yeah, it's hard yeah. right like we talked about this with ace a little bit like i told ace like ace you love doing hard stuff like difficult things it does and i think certain people are attracted to that because it gives them an, an overall satisfaction and um it like it makes them you know it makes them feel like like it's it's kind of like i don't know i don't know how to say it but it's like it's yeah, it's um, that's like very cross disciplinary too ace right look this is physics and his languages his running yes but i think he would agree that there's like parallels in all of these right they're parallels well. but but there's something in there that's very satisfying and attractive right 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 mm -hmm. and like overcoming the pain overcoming the pain yeah 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 i'm not saying all the studying languages is painful but it <laughs> at minimum at minimum it requires willpower it does mm -hmm. yeah because you're lit i don't know languages like you're pushing your brain to 
see these new like I, i've been doing these 10 minute russian dabbles kind of throughout the summer just like you're seeing those like the different like word endings like accusative nominative genitive just like ukrainian was and it's just like like just seeing a noun in a different way i feel like you're just pushing your brain in a new way like i, I don't know like well ian you're literally creating new neural connections correct mm-hmm. yeah and i've never known what to think of that like if i learned a new word in english have i just made a new neural connection like i think yeah yeah probably right just like if i like string a sentence together like look i listened to the first duolingo of pashto i'm like oh this is subject verb object just like korean like or no sorry subject object verb like mm-hmm. just like you can just as you like glance these little things right or just like um if you were to like keep going along these paths, these neural connections are just going to get stronger and stronger. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, it's just effort, effort, lots of effort. Like, so, if you want to do anything cool in this life, it's going to take hard work and effort. Yeah, the hours, right? But I think I think that's where you got to come in with a plan, though. Like mm-hmm. that, like yeah, travel and training, you need a plan. You just can't be like, all right, like. Let's just go run a bunch. Bike a bunch. <laughs> no, you, you're gonna find you're gonna have a schedule, which mm-hmm. I think with languages, to an extent, if not a schedule, a routine to build them into your day. Like that's just like the real practical side of it all. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm uh, I'm fairly I'm still like you know my way of doing things. I'm pretty relaxed. I throw on things. I either listen to a Pimser course or uh, French radio in the car. Yeah. On the way to work. Right. And then when I get home, I do some, um, like, I, I love, I've, I always read, like, the New York Times Spanish edition. That's, like, my go-to. Yeah. Or, like, I have my Spanish YouTubers that I watch, right? Oh. Yeah, oh. Uh, speaking of Afghanistan, I'm almost done with Alex Tienda's documentary Dude, on what his a visit series, in eh? Afghanistan. Did you watch all of them? I haven't watched all of them. I'm on number three. I'm on number four now. Yeah. Okay. I think there's five. Wild. Fascinating. YouTuber. Like, like, in order to go to Afghanistan, you need to have some cojones. Some cojones. Oh. And that was before the Taliban took over. No, it was during. This was back in, oh, like, well, this was this year. This was, like, in May, I think. When they were, yeah, he met Taliban. Mm-hmm. Oh, like, really? Oh. The, yeah. Yeah, like he's interacting with them and like with Holy his company. And... Man, I can't wait to have our episode, our Afghan episode. We need to talk a little bit more before that, maybe after this. Absolutely, about yeah, Afghanistan, yeah. Because I have a bunch of theories and hypotheses, and then some yeah, I just I mean, there's there's so much media. Like anybody can go to New York Times, CBC, CNN, Canada Land. There's so much content out right there about interpreters, but I really want to dive into that like i what was it it was the new york time one i'm like i've listened to so many lately where like, the one interpreter was like picking up a gun and started fighting with the americans or the canadians yes the new york uh, times I just hear, yeah guy. i just want to hear more of these stories name. it's kind of how like when i went to ukraine lee was with me not, my ukraine was, was not bad but lee was more than just an interpreter for me he was like a cultural facilitator like he'd be explaining things to me that were happening like like this is why you put the vodka bottle down on the floor after it's drunk but 
like these little cultural things that you wouldn't pick mm. up. And I think that's really what I want to get into in this Afghan app about like those like soft skills that the interpreters had to have helped all these veterans with. Yeah. When they were there. That's so I think it's gonna to lead to a fascinating language and like cultural conversation because you were in these high well, you're in actually you're in lots of low stress situations too, where you're just like interacting with communities in Afghanistan, but you're also in these very high intensive conflict gunfight battles where you're also relying on your interpreter. Yeah. So I really want to like how they were like the lifeline essentially. So right. but yeah. um yeah, it's absolutely fascinating. I've been I've been um reading a lot about this as well. Like you. Yeah. And I think we're going to have incredible guests, Dave Morrow who's been doing lots of Canadian media. Like read any Canadian newspaper right now or YouTube like from the big networks here and he's the guy so we're like really? very honored to have him on that's oh yeah awesome. he's like yeah. the go-to yeah. um i discovered in doing research that's kind of actually like i've got a little vacation from languages in a sense because this afghanistan thing got me so enraptured because i'm just like oh my god like what is happening it's such here a groundbreaking event right like even me i've told you guys i've been like kind of taking a break from the news but i've yeah. been like enthralled by this it's it's ridiculous what's happening there yeah 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 man like so just uh i wanted yeah i'm, I'm almost happy now we're doing the interview a bit later because i want to consume some more we cultural... have to be very very educated for this podcast but yeah that, that's that, hence why like my koreans deteriorated a bit because it's just like I've been listening to podcasts. Um, there's a famous... I don't know if you guys ever heard of the movie The Kite Runner. Or, uh, yes. I read the book oh, in high school. Wow. I think they show that in schools, wow. right? Yes, yeah. I watched it probably like 10 years ago. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, look, Afghanistan itself, complex, fascinating history. Like, not like obviously ancient but like 20th century right so the kite runner is kind of like a that's something like they showed students here in canada to like give a feel for so that author has interviews and works and so just kind of like lay the landscape of afghanistan in my mind the thing about is the thing about afghanistan is that it's cool on every single level like not just like culturally and uh at like um I was going to say uh, anthropogenically, but geographically too. <laughs> like it's all like mountains. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Like everything is mountains. Well, I think the some mountains. of the southern part of the country is not mountainous. There's desert. Yeah, toward, toward, desert towards uh, Pakistan, maybe. Yeah, yeah, but most of it is mountains. Yeah. Like, the vast majority of the country is just mountains. Um, yeah, it's really cool. Like watching Alex's, like Alex Tianda's footage, mm -hmm. like driving through the mountains. It's so cool. Oh man, when he's got that drone with his GoPro. Yes, yes. <sighs> mesmerizing, man. right? Mesmerizing. And there's really, yeah. there's really cool, like ancient architecture. Oh god, yeah. As well, well but from... Buddhism, man. It was a place of Buddhism back mm -hmm. in the day. That's so why there's Buddhist statues. Mm-hmm. Which I know the Taliban blew up 
originally. I don't know if they blew it all up. I don't think so. so. Um, I believe that's I in Bamiyan. So. Like, yeah. And then you got like Persian connections, Turkic connections, Tajikistan. Um, Afghanistan actually has like a... European, like Alexander the Great. He, oh, man, he was the ravaging conquest. there. Alexander the Great, Genghis Khan, the Brits. Everyone, like it's been Soviets, contested land forever. It's been contested land forever. Absolutely. It's the graveyard of empires. Graveyard of empires. So, um, yeah, 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 yeah. It's going to be a, yeah, I think a hefty ep, illuminating ep. And I think in the language learning community, who we spoke, speak the most to, I think there's really like a chance to make a connection with that community. Um, so yeah, very excited. Afghanistan is, I mean, this was, this was, we've been prepping, planning this way before like the, the news of last Sunday. Yeah, it made the international headlines like we've kind of like just well i've always been fascinated with like this war interpreter idea i mean that just seems so i mean you have different types of interpreters right you got medical Mm -hmm. interpreters legal interpreters Mm -hmm. a war interpreter Uh (laughs) what like bullets whizzing by you and you gotta be like using your language skills so that's yeah, you got to be on the ball for that. That idea has always just fascinated me. And I mean, braver men than me to tell the tales of what that's like. So, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I do need to finish that Alex Tienda um, series. Because, uh, man, Alex Tienda does great stuff. Venezuela, North Korea. Mm-hmm. He's got some really cool series. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I like that format too. I like that format because every, like, he has probably like four or five hours of content from Afghanistan. And it's very personal. Like, it's very personal and he shows you everything. Like, it's not, it's not curated. Like, it's curated, but it's not like, it's curated. It's it's like, it's edited, but it's not curated. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it is. It's edited, but it's not curated. Like, you would get from any other documentary, right? No, absolutely. And like that's made me think a lot about these like YouTubers that that are super popular. Like they just get their GoPros and hit the streets. Like I think there's a lot of people doing that, but certain ones seem to really rise above and really connect with right. the countries that they're in and the audience who they're showing mm-hmm. their videos to. Because I'm really into like the Spanish YouTuber scene. Uh-huh. I don't right now I don't watch Netflix. Uh-huh. Uh, but I do spend a lot of time on YouTube, watch like following these YouTubers, and yeah. for some reason, that type of content right now is more appealing to me. Um, yeah, I don't man. know what it is, but that type of content in Spanish is more appealing to me than like the Spanish TV series on Netflix. Really, I'm uh, the opposite. I, I for right some now. reason I prefer Netflix over YouTube. Money Heist season five, September third, folks. Yeah, September. 3rd. Oh yeah, no, I'll watch um, it. I'll watch it. Yeah, no, I know what you're saying. I think I'm in but, terms of like percentages. I think I'm more like been watching more YouTube lately too. But the, I don't know that vlogging uh, format. Yeah, and and like the authentic authenticity of it all is is yeah, very like, appealing to me. I think like how I it find connects, it fascinating. I feel like it connects to like you almost can picture yourself and anybody that's traveled to being like I could do that. Like I could just, like I'd be the normal Joe on the street. 
interacting, mm-hmm. connecting. Whereas I feel like when you're watching a news report, it's like, okay, like CNN and but a thing Andy about me news team and stuff. Like I feel like, like you can connect more with a YouTuber. Me as a person, like I'm very attracted to like nonfiction and authenticity. I don't, okay. for example, I can't remember the last, well, I can't remember actually, but I, I rarely read fictional books. Right. It's always nonfiction. Like for some reason, I'm not, there's no appeal towards fiction for me. Like, even though like there's certain series like Homeland, for example, I love Homeland. Yeah, yeah. Like fictional stories that are based in reality. And, and that's, uh, that's, that's what I'm all about. I like that. I like yeah. that. But still, Wait, if what it's are you authentic. Pinch? What are you, fiction or nonfiction? I like, well, I like fiction that's based in reality. Yeah, fiction that's based Wait, in reality. What? And, no. and also science fiction. Oh, fiction. Oh, sorry. Fiction based in reality. Oh, sorry. No, but like fiction that could take place in real life. Mm-hmm. Like Homeland would be like the perfect example. Okay. Of that. Yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Or there's a bunch of other series, right? Or movies. Of course. Like, like, yeah. um, like real, like true story movies. Who, who, movies that are based on a, real, a true story. Yeah. Like documentary. Like that yeah. stuff is awesome, but it's still not authentic. But there's something about these YouTubers, like long format content that you know they go into the streets with just a camera and they go to these obscure places and, yeah. and like alex tienda that's like it's very well edited and he has like a bunch of like explains historic, it very well he explains too. things like, and he narration? has a bunch in his narration and he explains like the historical context as well oh yeah in yeah, afghanistan yeah. north korea and, like, he goes really deep north right korea. right well, like, and, and not, venezuela those too like he's showing footage like it's not bs like youtubers they get a lot of crap but it's not bs all of it like some of them are really good i think that's educational level material if college level if depends what you're like studying right i mean it's not scholarly cited but it's (laughs) i i mean it's it's authentic as hell Mm -hmm. he's on the ground He's in Venezuela mm-hmm. during the crisis. He's in North Korea. He's in yeah, Afghanistan. And he's talking to people. And he's, you know, he's having breakfast with locals. And yeah, oh yeah, and, right. Uh, you know, things happen to him. Like it's sketchy. Like things happen to him where he <laughs> he gets sketchy. lost at the airport. He loses his guide. He's walking around alone in in like some Afghan right, city trying think... to figure things out. If you've he traveled, you he gets apprehended by the cops, and he like. He starts filming. He starts faking like that. He's on the phone talking to someone, but he actually has his camera on filming the cops. Stuff yeah, like man. that. You don't see that on like the news. Travel hacks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Like the hack isn't. Yeah, like that's kind of cool. Strategy. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. I, I no. would not I would not have the balls to go to Venezuela. <laughs> no way. Or not Venezuela. Yeah, Afghanistan. I, yeah, I... Venezuela as well, for that matter, but Afghanistan. That back then, obviously, now you yeah. can't go, or you should definitely oh, shouldn't go. There's journalists there at this very moment, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm just curious, like, what's that guy got up his sleeve next? Like, where's he off to? Like, Somalia, like, what's he doing next? Like, well, like, if you've been to yeah. okay, Somalia, that I don't know, but Afghanistan's got to be like the sketchiest place on the planet. Oh, Somalia, man, to... that's <laughs> I was pulling yeah, was Somalia. Somalia or Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. Place North it's... Korea too. For that Libya, Libya, but Libya apparently Libya is very hard to get to. 
I know Afghanistan too, but Libya apparently, like getting a visa to Libya is extremely hard. Oh, because it's so uh, dangerous. Though. Yeah, I was gonna say like, no, but like, the, like from Gaddafi the government as well, like they they don't let you in for tourism. Because there's like, there's, there's no there government there. It's just total anarchy in Libya right now. Well, are you thinking right. of Tunisia? Or no, Libya? no, I'm thinking of Libya. No, Libya, like oh. Libya's. Yeah, because Tunisia, they're under. Uh, they went from they went back to, they reversed their Arab Spring. Yeah, revolt. they went back to authoritarianism. Recent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They thought that was a better idea, apparently. Well, kind of what Egypt did with the general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, thank. Well, sometimes I feel like if it's like less government, sometimes like, like I remember going to Nicaragua, like like it was just the easiest visa process ever like no you just show up at the board pay your five bucks you're in like but not even. there's not this big bureaucratic state like but like I, I, it was fun because like in the, in the video alex tienda he had like his process like getting into afghanistan yeah and yeah. you know he had to send his passport to the afghanistan uh, embassy in the states right right yeah. and it was just like law he didn't hear anything for like months and oh, he couldn't yeah. contact them because they couldn't be contacted. Kind of like our boy Cody going to Korea. Yeah. Right, right. But like even worse. <laughs> it's tough. Yeah. And then like his passport just showed up at the airport the day he was going to leave. Yeah, oh, yeah, man. yeah, man. Well, and he's been doing all this. Well, not North Korea, but he did Venezuela and uh, uh, Afghanistan during COVID too. So all those international uh, hoops. Mm. Um, yeah, but yeah, dude, didn't really seem like they cared about COVID in Afghanistan. In his videos. <laughs> other occupant, they have other problems there. Yeah, they got bigger fish to fry. I think bigger fish to fry. Um, speaking of other personalities, did you guys hear the Lex Friedman section on Joe Rogan? I I listened to half of it. Oh, man, not about languages. No. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was interesting because. Well, Joe Rogan, that's whoever he has on. It's such a like meandering conversation all the time. But Lex, we've, I think we've talked about him a little bit. Like uh, He speaks Russian. I think he speaks Ukrainian, too. I don't know exactly. I think he's trilingual um, in English. And uh, yeah, it was interesting because like, it's not a topic that gets brought up a lot on Rogan, just seeing on the guest was. But he really got into uh, just going in depth with the language because they were talking about like a um i don't know mma that great ufc pleading ignorance here but they're like uh, uh, habib is that his name like uh yeah khabib, N- khabib, khabib. Numa- yeah yeah and like lex was talking about how you'd like to interview him in russian because he feels like khabib speaking to an english audience is like very like cut and dry and like for hockey fans i think of like evgeny malkin has always kind of been that way it's like north american media like just very like like really quick quips right or as lax was saying he's like if i could sit down with a guy like khabib in russian he's like i think i kind of go much more fascinating conversation with him and then lax goes on i think people listen to it from like the 59 minute mark of the recent joe rogan he lax just gets really into like the subtleties and nuances of a language and how even a language can kind of carry the the scars of a people like he talks about like all the tribulations of russians in the 20th century it's just a really 
interesting insight from a guy that again going back to like parallel cross-disciplinary like a guy that's really into like ai and robotics to hear his kind of insights on languages i thought was like really interesting that was fascinating uh so basically what he said is that khabib he hasn't learned to express himself emotionally in russian and he said no no in english in english in english sorry in english yeah yeah and he said that having the interview or interviewing him or talking to him in russian was a lot more well, he hasn't uh, done meaning, it yet. He'd like or to he do hasn't it. Okay, but it, it would like be a lot to. more meaningful. Yeah, that's his hypothesis. Yeah. Obviously, because yeah. that's his native... Well, I don't know if it's his native language or not. Yeah, yeah. Because he's from Dagestan. What did he speak in Dagestan? Yeah. Well, Russian... Okay. Well, Dagestan is like the Caucasus, right? So the Caucasus has its own myriad of yeah so languages. he probably like, has I know another native language or... but he definitely yeah, speaks yeah. russian right native yeah. or, or bilingually mm-hmm. right and nevertheless was, uh... nevertheless it was very interesting because lex according to lex russian is more philosophical um like the russian yeah. language philosophical emotional and um like academic Perhaps. Well, he was tying it to the school system in Russian to why that would be saying like they got to read all the bigs when they're yes. in like elementary. They got to read Dostoevsky, Tolstoy, uh, Tolstoy, all the all big the, philosophers, all the big guys in like middle school, mm-hmm. like grade seven. And they go yeah. hard. Like you can't. Even, I think no yeah. spelling errors or anything. Like they they perfect your language. Well, the the cursive, right? Yeah. yeah. And I think it shows, like, when you're talking to Russian people in in English, they they tend to use really like highbrow academic words for like uh-huh. everyday situations. It's kind of interesting. I'm telling you, man, Russians are the smartest people. Like they are, br- like they're intelligent. Like all of them, they're like they're very uh, bright. Like I feel like. There maybe it's genetics, or maybe it's because of the school system, or maybe well, it's a combination Lex's, of both. But Russia, yeah, there's Lex's something the system, right? So, so right in Russia, they go really hard early. You're early on, like in your basic edu- primary education, primary. it's like very hard. Like you're in grade six, you're reading Tolstoy, <laughs> Tolstoy. Yeah, but then where where his what he said is that. Where the West catches up, or where the U.S. catches up, yeah. is in university. University, university. Yeah. That's when they catch up and even surpass Russian education. Right. right? Which, yeah, based on my life experience, that checks out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's like, true. That's like true. Canada, a lot of Russians come here. Yeah, I mean, like I just think about like in middle school, we weren't reading Dickens, or I guess we read Shakespeare. Like I don't want to like totally knock her. English departments, but it just sounds like the intensity is like they go well, really deep. Intensity, in but like system. our university systems here are very intense. They're well, very that's what intense. I mean. I know that's where Lex says that's when we catch so back up. That does make sense. Yeah. Because yes, like where I where I grew up and well, so my where I went to school in Massachusetts, that was like one of the top school systems in the country so that was really good but then i went to yeah. sweden it was basically a joke for the rest of my upbringing and then yeah i went to i went to the i went back to college here and that's when i had my like education um was revamped that's where it restarted again and i started right. taking like education seriously because it was intense right that's when the intensity picked up 
And then um, according to Lex, like there'd be no joke days in a Russian school, boys. Shoot. Yeah, there's no yes. And like you you're know what? scared going to school because that's in cursive hell. is I can attest to that cursive comment as well because did I ever guys what was the cursive comment? Well, okay, so in Slavic languages, like Cyrillic based languages, like there's like the print the printed Cyrillic, like but there's also like a cursive form, like handwriting form as well, just like in English, how we have mm-hmm. handwritten and like that's the same in Cyrillic based languages. Now, did I ever tell you guys the story of the time I made like my Ukrainian tutor cry? Because no, <laughs> like okay, like because I'm I'm relying like so I was on Kijiji or I forget how I found her. Maybe I put out an ad or found, and she was charging me it was like fifteen bucks an hour. It was in Edmonton. I was going to meet her at Starbucks like once a week or whatever. Like I was just getting into Ukrainian. These are my early days of Ukrainian, and she like. So part of like her first lessons because she had like this very like rigid like uh uh ladder in her head how I was gonna learn yeah. Ukrainian where I'm like, hey, mm-hmm. I just like I've done some Pimsler, I've done some memorize, like I'm kind of like all over the map and stuff, where she was like super rigid and like she had those uh like do you remember as kids, like when how we learned how to handwrite? Like you had to like keep it in the lines and stuff. Yeah. Like she had that for me. It's surreal. <laughs> I'm like 24, 25 now. I'm like, uh-uh. I'm like, uh, <laughs> I just like shrugged it off. But that was like really important to her that I like would do that. And I mean, because that's how she learned it, right? She learned oh. it like very di- What's that word? Autodidactically. Autodidactically. Yeah, like super rigid and strict. And whereas I'm just more like a free flowing type of guy. But like at one point, I was just like refusing to do stuff uh, uh, uh. that she was like wanted me to do. And like I was over. I remember like, was at, at her apartment. She was like in tears at one point because she's oh like, my god. She's like, you're not doing what I'm saying. Like you're not doing what I'm telling you to do. And I'm like. Oh. All right, I don't think this is gonna work out, kind of thing. But it's funny because like that's Ukrainian, Russia, and like that Slavic mentality. And I think they have really rigid um I don't know, pedagogy is the right word, or uh like it's strict, it's rigid, it's perfect schooling. Yeah. The curriculum, yeah. strict oh. curriculum. Strict curriculum. Yeah, it's just curriculum. like the schools here in East Asia, right? Is, is it, okay then okay i want to bring this tie this to asia because when lex was like describing that i'm like well like i've heard korean kids go to school and cody you're there like like that sounds similar to korea oh yeah it's exactly the same the kids but, don't uh, get a break here their summer vacation was coming to have a intensive class with me for the whole day right okay so is it intensive like like Russia sounds intense, like, like you got to like analyze and remember Dostoevsky. Whereas Asia sounds more, you're just like working on more skills. Uh it's a, a lot of education to... here is based on rote memorization. Okay. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like in my case, like when the students are with a with a foreign English teacher, it's a little bit different. But in their public school system, it's just like they just memorize things all day. Right. And I mean, obviously, that's 
that's not every class and like there are some other skills that they work on but um yeah a lot of it is just like reading books repeating after the teacher and just like memorizing stuff okay. Okay. and it's very it's very intense um yeah e even even in elementary school like the kids like they a, a weekend what's that really <laughs> yeah huh. yeah like a lot of these kids that i had uh over the past three weeks they're just telling me that um uh like these kids are like what like eight nine years old and right asking them what they're doing on the weekend or like what they're doing after class is going to my next lesson going to just right. gonna be studying at home this weekend like that's all they do no Fortnite. <laughs> well some of them do so, some of the kids do but um some of the kids with like this really strict parents they they don't get that man yeah they didn't get to go to the ariana grande Fortnite concert <laughs> that just happened you guys hear about that what? When did that go they down? had like Ariana Grande had like a Fortnite concert, and and the 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 viewership was greater than the combined viewership of like the Stanley Cup final, the NBA finals, the MLB <laughs> final, the World Series, oh my God. like all of that. Gamers. All of that what? was superseded by the Ariana the Grande concert on Fortnite. Holy! All right, That's no more crazy. Iron Man talk. How do we get to the gamers? We got to connect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like holic sounds Fortnite. Wild. Yeah. I don't even know to be honest guys, I don't Man. even know what Fortnite is. I have no idea what kind of game I've it never, is. Yeah, I, I I've never yeah, I know if it's like it. Minecraft or Call of Duty or whatever. I have no idea. No, it's like a uh, It's like Call it's, of Duty, it's isn't it? Kind of based on another game called Player Unknown Battlegrounds or something like that. Like basically you jump out of a plane on an island and then you have to like it's a free for all, pretty much, and you just have to like find weapons and be the last person alive. Did you ever play Fortnite, Cody? I've played it a couple times. Um, did you but ever that was like, what? Did you ever play League of Legends? No, no, I never got into League of Legends, but that's huge here in in East Asia. Is that still a thing, League of Legends? Yeah, well, at least I don't know about North America or Europe, but in Asia, League of Legends is huge. Like, you go into the subway, and like, yeah, like, there's probably like at least three or four guys on their phones watching League of Legends videos. Yeah. It's crazy. What else are the big games right now the kids are into? Oh, uh, well, one? Fortnite is the other one. So, Fortnite, League of Legends. Fortnite, um... And I don't know what. What are the kids into back There's home? There's some other one they play. It's like they're this. They don't know yeah, if they're yeah, the killer. You should know this, buddy. I should know. My niece was showing it to me the other day. What the heck was it? Um, amongst us or amongst? Oh, among us, among us, among us, among that? us. That's big You're... among adults too. Right. Yeah. What happened to all the adults? When I worked in the oil field, all the guys were into uh, what was that one with all the Fruit Loops or uh? <laughs> Oh man, it's kind of like a Tetris type of game. Uh, Fruta something. Fruta. Oh, Fruit Ninja. Nah. No. no, you got like there's insane high level. There's like like you get up to like level 500 with this game. Oh, uh, I don't know. I don't know. All the guys played on their coffee breaks, but um, and like no, Call I mean, of like, Duty has just been completely taken over by 12 year olds. Yeah, 
Yeah. I okay, like that's some things. Like when it's something I'm not into, I think like, okay, is there a language learning element <laughs> that I can exploit? Which I have heard video games maybe not necessarily for like the game content. Oh, that could be true. Uh like sometimes I heard like when you're interacting with some of the people, like especially in, like big gamer content. Like I've heard German and Russian are real big into it. Like that's where some like gamers like isn't like Halo you can just play internationally or some of these games where you can like connect well, with people internationally and like all of a sudden this dude's like chirping you in Russian or you're on the team in Russian. I don't know about Halo, but there's definitely a lot of games where you Yeah. Right. So in terms of like making like um international connections, I think that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. I guess you just gotta be a gamer to take advantage of that so mm-hmm, yeah i don't know maybe or maybe alejandro meets uh maybe that's how we can get alejandro to learn french or something oh wait <laughs> get him gaming and uh oh, wait. what was that one? Oh yeah like yeah like grand theft auto can you oh yeah grand <laughs> theft auto and... yeah but are you talking to other people yeah GTA? you can play gta online i think i think you can talk to people on there right yeah, so just another way to to meet people and stuff. Because I remember hearing like this this one kid, he's like he knew all the German and Russian swear words because all the people he was gaming with spoke Russian and German. So, yeah, that was another interesting thing about Lex interview. He said Russian. I don't know. They, I curse, this, they curse a lot. They curse a lot. But he, not only that, he said it's more of like an art form. Which I was thinking like. I don't. I think that's hard to compare because the best I could come up like to think about is like Spanish, and like Mexico, and just hearing like our native speak. Like, like I don't want to like say all the bad words here in Spanish, but I I don't know like frequency wise how one would judge that. I feel like people could be biased. I swear people swear a lot in English too, depending on the context. But maybe in Spanish they swear more too. Like again, it's also the social setting that you're in, who you're talking to. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It depends. A lot of people yeah. curse in English. Yeah, no, that's what I mean. I was like, well, I think it can be an art form in any language, but <laughs> maybe more so in other languages. Yeah, uh, you guys ever seen those dirty book? Like it's called like Dirty Spanish, Dirty Italian. I've seen mm-hmm. those. <laughs> like those are entertaining just to like flip through. Are those on Instagram or no? No, no these are books. these are books. <laughs> you know, like oh, your oh. local library, but just got like oh. dirty Spanish. Oh. <laughs> it's just, like all the bad words, all the bad. Wow, you, you know you're like, in 2021. When is it on Instagram? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like there's phrases, man. You always like new phrases. Yeah, but there's there's Details. like good like the thing about like language Instagram is that um. There's like all these good um pages where that upload like really interesting content that you can like flip right. through. It's like it's very educational. Instagram well, can be yeah. very educational. Like I learn things every Twitter, once in a while. Man. Language Twitter. Twitter, yeah, Twitter too. Twitter too. Well, yeah, I think Instagram you just see it. Like yes, yeah, yeah, like the, right there. Yes, educational like posts. Oh, like yeah. educational posts, like, oh, this is how you say certain things, like vocab kitchen vocab and spanish or italian or whatever yeah i I thought like you get nice little grammar pointers 
Yeah. On, I know Lindy Botes put some nice, uh, like Korean pointers, really succinct, really well. Lindy presented. Yeah, man, lots of cool. Oh, we should give a shout out. Okay, I felt kind of bad. So our boy Mark, from, uh, language come up. He did his second, uh, the second uh, forty-hour language challenge this past week, which I was following. Wasn't really participating myself because I was doing my head space was in Afghanistan, but it was cool to see like people really get into it because Mark mm-hmm. just basically announces that he's doing that like well in advance. And it seems like the online community is really, really uh, buying into that. It's really cool to see. Yeah, he's a superstar. Dude, Mark's yeah. killing it on Twitter. Mark Go is check a su- language come up. Mark, yeah. Seriously. Yeah. So hopefully, didn't really get to partake. Sorry, Mark. I think I even said I was doing Korean, but then this whole Afghanistan thing. Which... Yeah, I did the same. Man. But um, yeah, same. Yeah, and, I, I, and I, I was all, I was all jacked up from traveling, so I'm. Yeah, no, we all got the same boat reasons, but nonetheless, we've already kind of laid out foraging forward <laughs> languages. But uh, yeah, man, the social media landscape for languages is fun. It's fun. You got a few minutes each day. Check on in. What's happening? Yeah, I like it. Yeah. I like it. It's fun. I don't know. Interesting. There's always interesting points, insights being made on on language Twitter. I need to do more more Instagram. But yeah, I'm I'm not I'm really not big in Instagram. But every once once in a while, I go and check out our feed, and there's always some interesting posts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lots of cool, cool follows. So. Um, I don't know. It's, uh, I think, I mean, it's interesting. I feel like there's so many accounts, like more and more people on Twitter, like, you know, they're like profile, they're putting like, oh, I speak these languages, this and that. Like, I don't know if it's just me. I don't know how to assess that exactly. Like to like kind of see like the language community growing online, but I swear it's growing or it's even bigger than i can totally grasp i think it's mm-hmm. really cool like there are so many people now maybe it just seems like there's lots of people maybe like in the general populace it's not but in terms of like on twitter itself it's like it seems like there's always like new people to follow and check out it's really cool yeah so i mean people have a lot of followers right like yeah, language yeah but even the people that, many, that are new. How many followers does Steve Kaufman have, for example? Quite a few. Quite a few. And like that's the thing. Like you go and see most of Steve's followers, they're all like language learning accounts pretty well. Yeah. That's a lot of people. So I feel like all online this community is he has 14.2k followers. Yeah, I know. And if you were to like scroll through those 14.2, like the vast majority have something in their profiles about languages. I got three retweets, by the way, on my tweet today. Hey, there you go. Oh, wow. And and 18 likes. There we go. Look at me. People love Italian, man. (laughs) Seriously. Yeah, we got to do a... We'll have to do some kind of like crown the king what's the best romance language once we've spanish french 
Portuguese, Italian. It's gonna be hard. To oh, what's the best? Because we did what's... the sexiest one. Did we do a poll for that? Yeah, we did. What's the sexiest one? Which one won? Oh yeah, and people got mad because they're like, "What about Romania?" French one, Catalan. Yeah, we did that poll a little while ago. Yeah, the French one. Yeah, French, French got it. La France. That's uh, that's defensible. But you want to yeah. ask which one? Which is the best one? I don't. Know. What's the best <laughs> one? Yeah. What does that mean? It's super subjective. I don't know. That's why I'd be like a guy like Richard Simcott to come on and be like, come on, give us give us the dirt. Which one's the best? Just to <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> because people got like mad. <laughs> I think we did like a second poll with like Romanian and yeah. Catalan and where's Lengua Doc? <laughs> yeah. What, hap- yeah. Oh, what yeah. happened to that second poll? Who won that second poll? I forget. Maybe Romanian? Maybe no, 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 it wasn't Romanian. Yeah, well, can, was what it? was the one you just said? Because uh, that was one of the French Lengua, ones, like Occitan or something. Occitan, like that? yeah, that's right, right. Ox- that's think... what they speak in Spain. That's another Spanish, right? I think so. Mm, oh no, in Gallego, and we put Gallego mm. as the and so it was, so it was, it was uh, Romanian, Catalan, Occitan, and Gallego. Occitan, yeah, that's yeah. what they speak up in like Aragon in the Pyrenees, no? Or that's another one. It might, it might, it's in France. I think, I think Catalan won. Catalan won. Parlano yeah. Mesonomica, no? <laughs> Should I? Yeah, oh, yeah, Occitan is, is uh, France, that's right. But there's Whereabouts? another one. There, there, there's another language that they speak in, in uh, Aragon and Aragon, which is in Spain as well, there's... which is really close to Catalan. Okay, I yeah. Forget yeah. what it's called. I believe you also have Breton in France, which is uh there's one of them. I think there's like a uh, Celtic. Is it Celtic or Celtic? I never know. Aragonese. Celtic? Yeah. It's Celtic. Because okay. I used they to call say them the Ce- Boston Celtics. Yes, I said Celtic and then someone someone corrected me. It's Celtic. Okay. All right, we stand correct. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I think Breton has Celtic uh, connections. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That's the cool thing. Like, yeah, language Instagram, Twitter. Lots of these languages I'm not even learning. Or I, it's, I think I like learn, learning a thing or two about them. So that's why it's mm, cool yeah. when people share. Share. No matter what language you're doing out there, folks, share something about your language. Sharing is caring. Sharing is caring. Gets it educates the language, the wider language community, and just makes the world more fascinating. Education para todos. Esto, esto es. So even yeah, if something about like Paraguay and Spanish, tweet it out. Tell us. Let us know. Want to learn stuff. So. Sí, vámonos. Yeah. All know. right, guys. Are yeah. You there yet? We pushed a nice little hour twenty. For, yeah, I think we'll wrap uh, being up. back, being back in the podcast groove. Uh, we have some guests coming up. Uh, so we've talked a lot about like the Afghan app we're going to be doing, diving in with. Um, there is a really popular YouTube gal, um, Valeria. Oh, Valeria! I don't want to say your last name wrong. Turina, Turina, she's really cool. She's on YouTube. Uh, she's gonna be coming up in September, 
Um, just rescheduling with a guy named um, SF Langlover, who's had some interactions with us on Twitter. He, I believe he might do some medical interpretation. So uh, he's uh, he's going to be up in September. And then, yeah, our big Afghan F. So some things to bring here in September on the podcast. So, boys, any, any thoughts for the week ahead or the month ahead? Heading into fall. Pretty strong. Yeah, I'm very excited summer. about fall. I'm very excited. I love fall. I'm love very fall, excited right? for the temperature to go down because right now it's too hot. Yeah, it is. Warm. I think yeah, this is gonna be a good fall for sure. Sweet. I think fall is my favorite new favorite season. Really? Well, now that you yeah. live in Ontario. Now, when I live in Ontario, <laughs> in in Alberta, summer is by far the best season. Yeah, I was gonna say that's hard to beat. Well, if but the smoke goes smoke, away, the smoke goes away. When it's smoky and like ridiculously hot, like over thirty, then I don't see the point. Uh, yeah, it's true. Pre climate change, Alberta summer is good. Was nice. <laughs> That's nice. Yeah. Fair enough. Fond Let's leave memories. it at that. Fond Let's memories. leave it at that. Let's yeah. leave it at that, folks. All right. Okay, Check guys. Ciao, ciao. Ciao.